Welcome to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. Let's get inspired. Hi friends, this is Amy Latta, your hostess for the Crafting and Coffee Podcast, and you're listening to Episode 3, Creativity, Yes, You Can. I'm so thrilled that you're listening today because I have a really important message to share, which is why I'm sharing an extra podcast this week. Um, I'm brand new to this platform. I am a blogger and an author, but podcasting is something that I just started getting involved with, and I'm really excited about um, sharing this with you today because this is a message that has been on my heart for a really long time, years really, and I'm just excited to have this platform to be able to talk to you all. All about it. And so I thought that it was important enough that I would go ahead and do a second episode this week. Um, basically, I guess I figure it's my podcast, so I'll blow up your feet if I want to, and you can choose if and when you want to hear it. Um, but as I said, I'm brand new to podcasting, but I already love this community. You all have been so supportive and sweet, and just um, I've loved getting the feedback from my first two episodes, so I'm really excited to continue giving you more of my favorite tips and tricks and techniques for all the crafty things, but today I wanted to talk about something a little bit more serious, um, something that I hear all the time when it comes to the topic of creativity. When I tell people what I do, the number one response that I get is, oh, I could never do that. I'm just not creative. Person after person just depreciates their own ability, and they're full of negative talk about how they just aren't creative, they're not crafty, they're not artistic. When I lead hand lettering workshops, there are always, every time, a handful of people who come in and they just loudly announce to the whole group, I'll be the worst one here, you'll be better than me, or I'm going to be terrible at this, my handwriting is awful. And it's just so discouraging that they come in with that attitude from the start. So, um, you know, this attitude is not an uncommon thing for me to encounter. And it makes me wonder, why is it that so many people out there feel like they can't create? What are the barriers that keep us from making beautiful things of all kinds? Um, I thought about it, and I sort of boiled it down to these five main thoughts, lies really, that intrude in our brains and try to keep us from being creative. So I'm going to tell you what those five things are really quickly, and then we're going to dive in, and we're going to look at each one, and we're going to break them down. My hope is that I'm going to shatter them. I'm going to take out my metal stamping hammer and beat them up and break them and show you that there's really nothing standing between you and creativity. There's no reason in the world why you can't embrace whatever creative passion your heart desires. Maybe you will really resonate with these things. Maybe you'll say, oh my gosh, that's me. She's talking to me today. Or maybe you'll say, oh, that was me. I remember being in that place. Or maybe it reminds you of your friend, your sister, your mom, your neighbor, and this is a message that you can share with them. So um, as you're listening, just think, you know, is this a message for me or is this a message that I can share with somebody that I care about to help them embrace their creative side? So these five barriers to creativity that I came up with, um, these are the things that I hear people say all the time. Um, The first is, I don't have the time. Second, I don't have the supplies. I don't live in Michael's. I don't have what I need to create. Third, I don't know where to start. Fourth, 
I don't have the skills or I don't have any natural talent. I'm not artistic. And number five, I don't hear this one spoken aloud, but a lot of those other things boil down to this at the heart of it, which is I don't have the confidence in myself and my own abilities to create. So today we're going to bust those wide open and I'm going to show you why there's no reason in the world that anybody can't make beautiful things. Now before we jump in, I want to start with a quick story, a a little bit of background. Um, All of this kind of started floating around in my head years ago when I first got married. Uh, My mother-in-law was one of those people who um, she had always wanted to be crafty and to create beautiful things for her kids and to fill her home, but she had some of those barriers working against her. Um, and so God thought it would be funny, I guess, to give her me as a daughter-in-law, the, the girl who loves all things crafty. At the time, I was not a blogger. I was still a classroom teacher, but I had grown up crafting and I made all kinds of things. Our wedding was basically a DIY before Pinterest, so I definitely think I should get a redo. Same hubby, but new wedding where I get to have Pinterest inspiration and, you know, all the abilities that I have now, my hand lettering and have a do-over. But anyway, um, you know, she had watched me DIY our wedding. She watched me DIY all kinds of things to decorate our home as we moved into it. And, um, you know, she just kind of was standing on the sidelines like, wow, I just have no idea how you do that. I wish I could be like you. And so I was determined to break down those walls that she'd built up and show her that there really was nothing standing between her and creating things. So my mother-in-law and father-in-law had planned a vacation and they got this little cabin in the woods in Virginia and they invited us to come along for a few days. So I told my mother-in-law, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to bring all the supplies that we need and I'm going to teach you how to make cards. At the time, I was a demonstrator for Stampin' Up, which is a Utah-based company um, that is in the scrapbooking niche. They do um, rubber stamps, they do ink pads, and all kinds of things like that. And I was selling those things, this was, gosh, probably 15 to 16 years ago. And that was my big creative outlet at the time. And so I said, I'm going to bring all my stamps, all my adhesives, all my supplies, and I'm going to show you step-by-step how to make some cards. So we went away and we sat down at that kitchen table. I still can see that cabin in my mind and all our stuff spread out all over the table, the cardstock, the stamps. And we just went through step-by-step-by-step. And I demonstrated exactly what to do. And I helped her to see some basic layouts. I gave her the basic foundation of this is how you stamp. And she made a birthday card for my father-in-law, which to me seemed like no big deal because I had made hundreds of cards by that point. But to her, it was like I had given her a million dollars. She was so proud of that card. My father-in-law loves sports. He's a phys ed teacher at a middle school. And so she made a card with sports balls on it and colored in, you know, the different sports balls and had stamped a happy birthday message. And the pride and love and joy on her face when she gave him that card, I will never, ever, ever forget because 
it was incredible. She was able to give him something that she was proud of, that she had made with her own hands. And that just started a fire in her. She was hooked. And now today she has probably more stamps than I ever had. Uh, She has pens. She's gotten into hand lettering. She's done all kinds of other creative things. Um, And what I think is so cool is that starting from that year, Um, Every year for Christmas, she sits down, she takes a day to make cards, and she makes sets of blank cards. They're decorated beautifully on the front, and then they're blank on the inside for all different occasions. And she puts them together in, I think it's sets of eight or ten. And my father-in-law gives them as Christmas gifts to the people that he works with at school. And every year his co-workers are like, oh, I can't wait to get my cards. I ran out. I used them all. And I just think that is the greatest story because here is someone who thought she couldn't make anything that was any good, felt completely not creative, and now her handmade gifts are something that people look forward to receiving every single year. So every time that I post something on the blog, which, you know, it was several more years after that experience that I actually created the blog, which was then Warn Artsy Mama and is now amylattacreations.com, but I still, to this day, every time I post, I think about my mother-in-law. I think about people like my mother-in-law who are in that boat of feeling like they just can't do it. And I try to break things down and simplify and do things that are quick and affordable and easy so that they're accessible. They're honestly doable for everyone because that experience gave me a real passion to find a way to use my own creative skills and my background as a teacher to show other people who thought that they weren't crafty that they really could make beautiful things. So today we're going to start taking a look at those objections that keep people from realizing their full potential. I wish that I could sit down with each one of you at the table and show you how to do all of the things that I do, but since I can't, we are going to just attack these lies that are in your head telling you that you can't create. So that first objection that I talked about was, I don't have time. And I hear this so often as, oh, I would do such and such, but I just don't have time. So let me just stop you right there because nobody has extra time. If you are just sitting around with tons and noodles of extra time, you are forgetting to do something. I have two kids who both start at middle school this year. So we have everything going on in our house that you can imagine. They have homework. They swim every week. We lead a middle school Bible study. I have a cat and a dog who are both crazy. I have books to write. I have laundry to do. I have dishwasher to change and dishes to do and all the things. And let me assure you, I don't have time either. If we wait for this magical spare time to pick up a new hobby, guys, it's never coming. But I want you to hear me about this. We make time for what we love. We make time for what we love. Think about that. We all have some kind of hobby, something that we pursue, some kind of outlet, whether it's reading, whether it's journaling, whether it's a devotion time, or, you know, for my dad, it's mowing the grass. That's kind of his hobby. He loves to do it. I don't understand, but I support. Um, Everybody has something that they make time to do because they love it. Um, If you don't think that that's the case, I want to ask you what apps are on your phone. 
I realized recently that I was spending so much of my time um, playing these different games. I had Design Home, which is a really cool app game. It's designing furniture, you know, putting furniture in these imaginary rooms and decorating them with the, the artwork on the walls, the tables, the sofas, the chairs, the beds, everything. And I mean, I was having a blast. And then I realized one day just how much of a time suck it was. And I actually had to take it off my phone. And I had to do the same thing. I forget the name of the app now, but it was a fashion based one where you were dressing these imaginary people for different scenarios. And I I just had to get rid of them. I also I had um, Settlers of Catan downloaded, we recently taught the boys how to play. And so they wanted an electronic version for on their tablets. So of course, it shows up on my phone, too. And guys, that one's the worst because you're playing with real people and so if you leave the game early you get penalized and I mean it was awful I was like oh I need to cook dinner but I can't leave my game so I downloaded I mean I deleted all of those different apps off my phone because they were just taking up valuable time so I assure you that if there's something that you enjoy doing you will find the time to do it um, whether it's a hobby or a game or whatever it is um, so I promise you that somewhere you have time that you could use to be creative the second thing that I want to break down is that I don't have the supplies Now, I want to preface this by saying that I recognize that I am unusually blessed because my job allows me to have partnerships with brands like Plaid Crafts, who make the folk art paints and the Mod Podge and the Martha Stewart Crafts line and all those things. I'm partners with Impress Art, and so I get metal stamping supplies, and they send me all kinds of things to play with. So my basement looks a lot like Michael's. In fact, um, after cleaning out my craft room, which I talked about in episode one, Um, I'm pretty sure that at one point I had more paint than Michael's does on the regular average day. Um, And I recognize that most people can't just go buy all the things and they don't have a craft stash in their basement that's like mine. I get that. But what I want to say to you is that most hobbies, most creative pursuits that you might want to learn to do don't really require a ton of startup supplies if you just want to dip your toes in and see if you like it. If you want to learn cross-stitch or embroidery, they make these great little starter kits you can buy that have everything. They have the canvas, they have a little hoop, they have a needle, and just the colors of thread that you need and the pattern. Literally, one of those is usually less than $10, sometimes less than 5 if it's small. And you can have everything that you need to give it a try. Um, same thing if you want to paint furniture. Go to Goodwill and find something, or go collect stuff on bulk trash day. Gosh, I got some of my best rescued furniture that way. It's, you know, other people put it out as trash, and I save it, and paint it, and give it new life. And all you need for that is literally a bottle of chalk paint and a brush. And, I mean, that's not a huge investment. If you like it, you want to get a stencil, get a stencil. But, I mean, we're not talking about hundreds of dollars of investment here. If you want to start hand lettering, guys, I know a great book. It's called Hand Lettering for Relaxation by Amy Latta. I know the author personally. She's a really cool chick. Um, This book will walk you through all the beginning things that you need to know to get started with the hobby. And truth be told, guys, even though I love my Tombow markers and I talk all about my favorite hand lettering supplies in episode two, let me be honest. When you're starting out, if you have Crayola markers, you can hand letter. 
If you have a pencil, guys, you can hand letter. So really, just grab a few basic supplies and try. Get started. If you love it, you can invest more in it. If you don't, try something else. Now, there are some things that are a little more expensive at the startup, like metal stamping. If you're going to stamp, you have to invest in a steel block, which can be a little pricey, although you can get some pretty small ones for a reasonable cost. You need a hammer, although you can use a regular one at the beginning. You need alphabet stamps. Usually, that's a $20 to $30 investment. But if you don't want to do that, you can go to local places and try them out. I know I have a local pottery studio. Uh, It's like a DIY workshop studio called Meltdown. I lead a lot of workshops there. We partner together. They also, in addition to pottery and painting, they offer metal stamp jewelry. So you can go in there, play with their supplies, try it out, and see if you like it. There's also, uh, there's a franchise out there called AR Workshops. Same thing, they have the metal stamping supplies, you can go there. Um, Sometimes that experience itself can be a little costly, so you might be better off to start with your supplies. Um, But either way, try it out, see if you like it. And then the nice thing about stamping is really once you've made the initial investment, making subsequent pieces is super cheap because the blanks are really cheap. So once you have the stamps, you can make people gifts for like $2, which is awesome. Um, But basically, I just want to encourage you, you don't have to buy the whole craft store to start trying to be creative. Just start with a few simple things, see how you like it, see how you're doing, and then if you want to invest more, you can. If not, try something different. So that's what I would say when that little voice in your head says, but I don't have the supplies I need. So lie number three is I don't know where to start. Sometimes people sit with a blank canvas and they don't know what to do, or they just stand in the middle of their craft room and look around and think, I have absolutely no inspiration or ideas. But guess what, guys? I will not stand for that excuse because my entire job is based on helping people who don't know where to start. This is where blogs come in, YouTube, books, Pinterest, guys, All of that stuff is out there. Most of it, blogs, YouTube tutorials, Pinterest, it's free. You can also take workshops. You can take a class at a local art studio. But ideally, just browse around online or in a book. Find something that catches your eye and then recreate it. My entire blog has nothing but tutorials. It's pictures step by step telling you exactly what you need, exactly what to do, first, second, third. This is what I do and why I do it, friends. It's so that we can combat this, I don't know what to do or where to start. There's no excuses. There's step-by-step tutorials. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to come up with a brand new, exciting craft project that no one has ever made before. You don't have to be the next Picasso. All you have to do is find something that you like and then follow the steps to create it. Of course, you can put your own unique spin on it or not. You can recreate step by step exactly what I make on the blog or any other craft blog that's out there. There's hundreds, literally thousands of them. Just search for something, whether it's fall decor, DIY Christmas gift, you know, whatever it is. Find something you like. 
and I promise you there's instructions for how you can do it. So we're just going to take that objection off the table because many of us have made our entire career out of busting this to pieces. We show you where to start and where to go next. Number four, this is so common that I hear, I don't have the skills. I'm not an artist. I don't have any natural talent. Truth is, very few of us wake up one day and can suddenly draw a realistic portrait of our cat or paint the Mona Lisa. Let me just say that every creative pursuit, whether it's embroidery, quilting, hand lettering, um, woodworking, anything, it's a skill to be learned and mastered. Yes, some people have a natural inclination for certain things. They pick it up more quickly than others. They have more success faster. But, you know, it's the same way with math, with science, with anything. I am not a math person, but I still took math classes. It didn't mean that I couldn't learn. I, quote unquote, can do calculus. I don't know if I can anymore, but I took calculus too. It's not my natural inclination. I am an artist. I am a feeler. I am, you know, my personality type. I'm an INFJ. I am not a mathematician, but I can do it. I'm not a chef, but you know what? If I spent a week with my brother-in-law, who's an executive chef at a really fancy pants restaurant, I'd be a whole lot better at cooking. The reality is, If you take a course on something, you're going to get better at it. If you follow a tutorial, you're going to get better at it. There are tons of local community colleges that offer enrichment programs. You don't have to be an actual student. Sometimes you can just audit a class or you can take an affordable just one course in something that you're interested in. All kinds of topics. They have folks from the community that come in to teach all kinds of skills. Um, There's local art studios, like the ones I mentioned before. Um, Sometimes other local artists of different types will offer things that you can go and learn. Like uh, there's a local place where they actually teach you how to throw pots on a wheel. Um, You can do that. You can um, sometimes find free classes at senior centers or community centers, things like that. And you know what, guys? You can take classes without leaving your house. You can take classes without putting pants on. Have you heard of Skillshare? It's an online community where you can take classes and it's completely web-based. There's no in-person interaction. You just watch videos. Um, Same with YouTube. You know, you can get all kinds of cool classes that are hands-on and you can follow right along without even leaving your house. So I would say to you, if you're feeling like, oh, I'm not an artist, it's probably because you've never been taught the skills to do those particular things. And if you took a course, whether it's free or paid or wherever it is, I'm sure that you would find that you have talent you didn't know that you had. You may never be awesome at drawing a portrait, but you might be really great at painting furniture. So the key is find what you want to do take a class in it, maybe a one-time workshop, maybe a series class, and see what happens. You have nothing to lose. The final barrier that we need to break down, and I think sometimes this is the hardest one, is I don't have the confidence. And this, friends, this is a hard issue. 
this is something inside of us that says, I'm not good enough, or I just, I'm not creative, I can't do it. But you know what? There is a truth that you need to take a hold of, and it is that you were created to create. Now, I know that there are folks out there who disagree with this, but if you know me at all, you know that I believe with all my heart that each one of us was created in God's image. And I want you to think about this for a second. What is the first thing that we see God do in the Bible? Create. The first thing we see him do is make the whole flipping world. He creates light. He makes the planets, the galaxies, the stars. He sets them in motion. He makes plants. He makes animals, people. And you know what? It's not like they're all the same. So this week we were celebrating our one-year family day where we had gotten our son from China. And to celebrate, we went to the zoo. And we saw flamingos, and I was looking at those birds. They're so bright and beautiful, and then they they have these long necks, and they're standing on one leg, and their legs literally look like sticks. And I'm just looking at this flamingo standing there and thinking, what? Like, these birds are crazy looking. And I'm looking at zebras with you know, one zebra doesn't have the same stripes as the zebra next to it. And I'm looking at the rhino with his big horn. And I'm looking at just how tall giraffes are and how long their necks are. And, you know, I'm watching elephants eat. And I'm just looking at how unique every animal is and thinking, you know what? Not only did God create, he must have really had fun. Because if you weren't enjoying it, you would just make everything the same. Everything would be a carbon copy of everything else, right? But then you've got like ostriches. And those buggers are really funny looking, right? And it just makes me think, you know, even down to insects, you've got tiny little ladybugs with their little spots. And, you know, when I go to the beach, I love to pick up seashells. And I love the big ones, of course, who doesn't. But I love those teeny, teeny ones that are smaller than my pinky fingernail. And they have so much detail on them because God loves to create. And, you know, as people who are made in his image, I think that's in our DNA. We all do it in different ways. For example, my dad was in construction his whole career But he was making beautiful things with brick and stone. Other people make beauty in creating gourmet meals from scratch. Some people create music with their voices or with instruments or both. We all create in different ways, but all of us have that drive somewhere inside of us to make things, to create something that wasn't there before. I think it's part of who we are. It's part of who we're meant to be. So my message to you, friends, is to embrace that part of yourself. Don't be afraid to see what you can do. I think you'd be amazed at what you would find. So I think, friends, that we have effectively broken down those five barriers. If you think you have no time, remember, we make time for what we love. If you think you don't have supplies, remember, you don't have to buy out the whole store. Just get a couple things to get you started and then buy more if it's what you love or borrow from a friend. 
Use something in a class. If you feel like you don't know where to start, find something you love and copy or follow a tutorial. You think you have no skills? Take a class. And if you don't have confidence in your own abilities, remember whose image you're made in and embrace that creativity inside of you. You are made in the image of the creator. You were created to create. Whatever you do, friend, just dive in. Pick something and start. No more excuses. No more delays. Sign up for a workshop today. Buy a book. I know a great one. Do it with a friend so that you have to follow through. And share this message with somebody that you know, because guys, the world needs to hear it. You would not believe how much negativity is out there on this subject. Share this podcast or send them to amyladdercreations.com and show them a tutorial they can follow. Give them my email, dancers4life at gmail.com and let them talk to me. Just spread that word because creativity is contagious. Let's inspire the world together, friend one person at a time. Thanks for listening to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. For more inspiration, check out amylattacreations.com.